0: So as God's called out prophetically and said, lay down at the altar, my things," So we're laying them down. Let's just, again, I don't want to move too quick from the Lord. Let's just bow our heads, will we? Can you bow your heads before Jesus? Look at us, Jesus. Look at me. God, with your eyes gazing upon us and your spirit within us, would you come and edify, exhort, and comfort as a father? Speak truth to us. Separate out from us, Lord God, those things that are hurtful and harmful to the ministry of your spirit. We want the oil of gladness to pour on our souls. Restore us, God, in righteousness for your name's sake you lead us beside still waters god just shepherd us in these green green pastures anoint our head with oil and let your rod and your staff bring comfort protect us today god and speak to our hearts i pray in jesus name amen such a good place to be and to humble ourselves before God because then we can hear Him. Amen? Let's turn to the Word of the Lord this morning. We're going to take you to the Ephesians chapter 4, but before I get there, I've got a few things to talk to you about. We're on a theme of better together. And today we're going to define those terms, what it means to be better together. And uh, specifically, what I want to talk to you about is What does together mean? You know, if we're supposed to be better together, what does that mean? What does that look like, the together part of this? Because there's a lot of people who get together. How many of you know that? And so, what does together mean? Does it mean this, that we're gathered, or that we've assembled? What do I mean by that? You can gather a pile of bricks, can't you? And what do you have? A pile of bricks. But what happens when you assemble them in specific locations and positions that they have been designed to be put in? You've got something totally different, don't you? And so it is with the body of Christ. Church is not us gathering together like a pile of bricks. We've been assembled together. Each of us have positions and places where the Holy Spirit has given us giftings and qualities, callings, which builds up the body of Christ. And so we're not just a people that gather, we're a people that assemble. And that is crucial to the term church, for the church is the ecclesia in the Greek, the ecclesia, however you want to pronounce that word. And it means called out ones. But not just called out to be a pile of bricks, not just called out to be a bunch of people who sit in a chair, but a but a, a governmental authority that assembles together to do what? To discuss and decree the kingdom of God. Today, this morning, we are decreeing the will of God on earth as it is done in heaven so there is a sacred and holy assembly today of people who were called out of darkness and out of a world to assemble together to govern and rule and call out the authority of God's kingdom hey how many of you want that how many of you came in with a need a prayer request today how about we get the government of God to speak to that thing How about whatever your needs are, the council of the kingdom is here to speak. We're not just a bunch of bricks gathered together. We are assembled into a structure that represents Christ himself. That's what I'm talking about when I say we're together. Are we here for entertainment? People gather together all the time in movie theaters and rooms to see entertainment, to see shows and musicals and so forth. This is a musical. We had music Did we entertain you? We had music, and we've got a guy that talks, and we've got lights that go up and down. It's kind of like a movie, like a theater. Are we here for entertainment? Is that why we're together? Or are we here for intercession? There's a big difference, isn't there? There's a function and a purpose. With entertainment, you're the whole point of it, that you would be entertained. In intercession, he's the whole point of it, and we're asking him to impart unto those needs. So what is the together I'm talking about? It's an assembly of people who are together here to intercede on behalf of the kingdom, not to be entertained. I don't want to bore you to death, but I'll tell you what, when you break into the spirit realm and begin to understand the dynamics of what's happening of a people as the government of God speaking to the throne of God with boldness, releasing what God has already agreed to release, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. The term in the Greek, we, we have to understand the emphasis of this in the original language. What, you've, what you bind on earth will be loosed in heaven. And that thinks we bind and then he responds to us. But the actual rendering is what you bind on earth has been bound in heaven. What you loose on earth has already been loosed from heaven. So what if God has established things he wanted bound today and established things he wanted to loose today, but we didn't bind and loose them? Oh, he'll just do it anyways. He asks for prayer. He needs the counsel of earth who represents heaven to speak forth the release of what has already been loosed in heaven. I don't want to miss that. How about you? So I don't want to spend my time entertaining you or being entertained. I want to get to the business of intercession. How about you? Amen. I'll tell you this. There's nothing more entertaining than seeing people healed and delivered and set free from, from bondage. Are we together to walk around needs? We pass needs all day long. No, we're together to fulfill needs. Amen? Amen. We're here because we have an answer that the world can't catch hold of. We have resources that the world cannot even touch. We're the people who need to be fulfilling needs. As they're crying out, we're releasing the power of heaven. We don't walk past them. We don't walk around them because they're inconvenient. I've got an answer for the man laying on the ground. I've got an answer for the man who's begging. I've got an answer for the one who's addicted. I've got an answer for anybody in need. I've got the answer and I'm going to fulfill that need. That's why we're together here. Wow, are you people important. You are important. That's why it's better you're together. Did you know that planet Earth is better today because you met this morning as the council of heaven? Somebody get stirred with me. Amen? Come on, you got to get a perspective. That's what the better together thing is. Are we here for a pep rally? Or are we here for warfare? This is serious. This is war. How many of you have your children who are wandering out in darkness and you need to call them back? How many of you know your aunts and your uncles that are, are lost and depraved, and if, if they don't make it through another night, they're going to hell? Come on, this is war. How many of you have been fighting a war, and you don't understand what you've been going through? You're asking God, why am I in struggle? Why am I, why am I having this situation? Why are things happening to me? What you need is a good pep rally. Now, paint your stomach with an initial J. Jesus! We could have a pep rally, and, and sometimes that's what people do together to rally a, a pep. <laughs> but how many of you would want strategies for warfare? How many of you would want to ambush an enemy and take him down one last time? That's it. You're done around my house, pal. Amen? Don't touch, don't play with my house. My marriage, my, my family, this is war. So that's what the together is. That's why we're together. We're together to assemble, intercede, to fulfill needs as an act of war against the devil, sin, and death. Wow, you are important people. You are here today together, and man, the world's better. So what's better about it? Is it better because of your personalities, your fine shining faces, and your beautiful ways? (laughs) What is better is, is this. Jesus said, where two or three have gathered, what? Say it again. Where two or three have gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst. There's the better. Again, there's people gathering all over the place and they're at a pep rally, or or they're walking around the needs, or they're just a pile of rocks gathered together, but they're gathered. But he said, if you'll gather in my name now, there's the better part of this thing. Now the kingdom of God is ready to be loosed and activated. He said, I'm in your midst. The thing that makes us better is Jesus. We're better together because of Jesus, and we went through that last week. We're better together because of Jesus. And the together that we're here is to execute the will of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you: what is God's will? What is the will of Jesus Christ? He is the love of God. How, what is Jesus' response? Think about it for a few minutes. When Jesus walked on this earth, what was his response to sickness? Healing. What was his his response to those who were demonized? Set them free. What was his response to those who were in darkness? Bring them light. light. Is our mission any different? Absolutely not. The better thing here is that Jesus is in us and with us. That's what's here. He is in our midst. And so what is better is that we represent Jesus, his body, and his presence here on earth. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11, we are the body of Jesus Christ. Now, many of you think of that symbolically. We're the body of Jesus. He's the head, we're the body. That's all figurative language. It's more than figurative language. It's literal language. You've heard the term, we are his hands and feet. When Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven for his coronation to sit on the throne as king. He left his body here. That's you and I. We're his body. Now, if you're going to get technical, of course, his physical body rose from the grave and ascended to heaven. And there is a man that stands between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Yes, his physical body is there at the throne of God. Yes, but we act as his hands and feet. We act as his body. He has a presence here in the earth. You've been birthed. By the Spirit of God, and so God's own nature was put inside of you. That means you have the DNA of Jesus. That's what the church is, the body of Christ. We have the DNA of Jesus. Let me read it to you in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. He gave some, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so whose stature are we to grow into sunday school answer jesus good okay So what he's saying is, I have given you five components. These five components are going to build the body of Christ into its full stature and measure of whom? Jesus. Jesus on earth. So he is equipping us. He's mending. That word equip in the Greek means to mend, means to knit together. So these five components are knitting together this assembly. When we come together, we're being knit together as the people of God into the full body and maturity of Jesus Christ so that we will intercede and execute the will of God in this earth. And so we're growing up. It's been 2,000 years the body of Jesus has been growing. We're past the awkward teenage years. I would hope so, right? How many of you remember the Dark Ages? We stumbled through that. (laughs) Moved into the Reformation when we were that 20-year-old, that 30-year-old, right? But we're moving as the body of Christ into an age where we should be the full maturity of Jesus Christ. Now the good thing about Jesus is there's no downhill decline to his age. Some of you over 40 and your doctor said you're middle aged. Now I remember my doctor told me I think it was like 35. He said, now that you're middle aged, it's like What? What do you what am I gonna die at 60? It was a shock. There is no middle age with Jesus. How many of you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> So what's the full stature of Jesus Christ that we walk in his wisdom, we walk in his counsel, we walk in his power, we walk in his might, we walk in his fellowship with the Father. That's where the church should be after 2,000 years. We all want to be the first century church. We all want to be the early church. That was baby church. It's time for us to grow up into mature church. The end is going to be greater than the beginning. Listen, if, if... The book of Acts is only a match compared to the book of Revelation, which is a bonfire. That bonfire is the church on fire, bringing more souls into the kingdom than any other time in human history. You with me? So, what is this fivefold thing that is going to make us look like Jesus? It's the DNA of Jesus. That's what the fivefold ministry is. Now, interestingly enough, deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA, has five components. It has the key component, the spine, which holds the the, uh, uh, nucleic acids. And those five components on that spiral of a, what do you call that thing? Helix. Helix the cat. Uh, It makes the person who is unique. So he said, in order to make the body of Jesus grow up in the earth to its full stature and impact so that we're better together, I'm gonna give you the DNA of Jesus. So let's take a look at this DNA which makes us better together. He said the the DNA of Jesus is apostle. Now an apostle is a sent one to bring the authority of the place they were at into the new place in the new world. Who is the apostle? Jesus. He came from heaven to bring heaven to earth, didn't he? And then he left earth, becoming man, to bring man into the presence of heaven. He's the apostle, the sent one. What is a prophet? The prophet becomes and declares the true word of God and reveals God. And who is the prophet? Jesus. He revealed the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what Jesus is, he's a prophet. He's the head, he's the apostle, he is the prophet. Thirdly, he's the evangelist. He's the greatest evangelist there was. He brought the gospel, the good news. He is the good news. You can't get better than that. He just didn't bring the message. He is the message. Wow, the message showed up in flesh and blood and delivered us. He is the evangelist. He is the shepherd or pastor. And as the shepherd of the flock, he cares for us. He ministers to us and intercedes for us day and night. Last of all, he is the teacher. All the the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him bodily. He contains the whole aspect of the kingdom nature of God, and he revealed it to us. He is the teacher. This is the DNA of Jesus. And so we're better together because that DNA is in us. Where two or three of you are gathered, I'm in your midst. What he means is that the body of Christ is him. In the earth, you and me, in that fivefold dimensions of his own DNA. Right now, in this room, is Apostle Jesus, uh, Prophet Jesus, Evangelist Jesus, Shepherd Jesus, Teacher Jesus, because you're here. That's why it's better together right now, because of the fivefold nature of God who is giving us his very body. So let's take a look at what an apostle is. Because that's what you are. You have the DNA of Jesus. Why do I say you have the DNA of Jesus? Because you were directly created by God himself. You're a son of God. John 1.14 says that we have been given the authority to be called sons of God. Now in the Bible, the only ones that are ever called sons of God are those who are directly created by God. Adam was called a son of God. After Adam, his children were called sons of Adam. He was a direct creation from God. The only other reference to sons of God are angels. Because angels are directly created by God. They don't procreate. God made every angel. And so all the angels are sons of God. So what gives us the authority that John says we now have the authority to be called sons of God? Because you were born from above. That's what Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus was. You need to be born from above or born again. Each one of you was directly created and birthed by God's Spirit to come alive. He met with you, and he birthed his Spirit. By your faith in the cross, he birthed you. You are now a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a son of God. Son of God. Son of God. Son of God. Because you were directly created by God's Spirit. If you're a son of God, now you have his DNA. Now, I believe the fivefold it speaks of the office gifts and those who walk in the office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, right? And what are they to do? Equip the body. For what? Works of ministry. Works of ministry. What's the ministry? Jesus. What do you think the apostles should be equipping the body with? Walking as apostles. What would a prophet teach people? Ah, how to be prophets. What do you think an evangelist would do? Minister to the body of Christ that would draw out the evangelists. What's the pastor going to do? Minister to the body of Christ to, to manifest those who are shepherding In the DNA of Jesus. So this DNA of Jesus is in each one of us because you're directly created by his spirit and nature. And he is drawing out the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher. He's drawing it out of the body of Christ so that if I cut off one of this body, all right, this group over here, you're all going to leave next week and you're starting a church down over on Aiton What did I just do? Now what are we going to do? Well, you guys get together and find out who you can hire. Put your money together and hire a pastor, hire a prophet, hire an apostle. Do we need to do that? No, that's not the design. If I segment it from here to here, in this group, guess what will rise up out of that group? An apostle and a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. Why? It's got the DNA of Jesus. You take him anywhere, and where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst, and his DNA is there. And so, in this house, we've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. <clears throat> you say, Well, I'm not getting paid for it. That's what we've made it in the Western church. We've made it an office with a little plaque on the wall. It's not so. <clears throat> So right here, what we could do right now is plant 10 churches easily. I'll just take you. This 10, that 10, this 10, that 10, this 10. Balcony, split yourselves up, go. And out of each of that grouping, guess what'll form? Will Jesus be with them? Yes. Yes. Will the DNA of Christ be with them? So in time, as they're in prayer, and as they're in ministry, and they're devoted to spreading the gospel, what is going to manifest and mature in them? Jesus in the fivefold. And so it is in this place, with us. The fivefold is here, so let's examine what that looks like, so that I can begin to call it out, and you'll begin to walk in that DNA that you are drawn to. I have four children, right? And, and so the traits of what I look like, what I sound like are in them, but in different measures. And the traits of my wife as well. And so as children, we carry the traits of our father, okay, or mother. Well, with God, you carry those fivefold traits And you are drawn, just because of your makeup and who you are, to either the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's what you're drawn to. Sometimes it changes in life. You might have a gift mix where you are apostolic as an evangelist. (coughs) But that'll develop. (coughs) So let's take a look at it so I can start drawing it out and you can start seeing if this applies to you. Number one, the apostle. Apostolo, it's a Greek word and it means sent one. And it means one who takes the kingdom into a new territory and takes the government and plants it into a new region. comes from the term in Roman times of the the lead ship that would take the Roman government and the leader of that sailing vessel would go into a new land. He was called the Apostolu and he would go in and he would set up a new government based on Roman government, new economy, bring coins uh, and the money from Rome. He'd put a new language into that community and through that they would begin taking on the kingdom of Rome. Well, Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God here, and he brought the language of heaven to us. He brought the ministry of heaven to us, right? He brought the authority and government power. So, an apostle is a leader. He leads, he organizes, he develops, he builds, builds foundations and expands. And he governs the flock. How many of you, now, this doesn't have to happen in church. How many of you find that you're a leader? That you can walk into a situation and you can see that's wrong that needs fixing i would have done it this way come on be honest i mean you just have that organizational sense and you know how things should function and flow you're a leader right right when you were five you were the one that was leading the tea party you were the one who said that gi joe should go over here and this one should go over here right And you're apostolic and you lead. How many of you found that? With a friend group, you kind of always spoke up and said, where are we going? I don't want to go there. Let's go here. And they followed you. You're apostolic and you're moving in that way and God can do that. Thank you. A little tickle in my throat. Appreciate that. That was an apostolic move. (laughs) Right? Right? All right, and so you govern the situation. Men, you're to father. You're to be apostles of your home. You're to lead and to set the order of your home and set a foundation for your home and nurture it. Wives, you're the prophets. And you speak in. You're creative and so forth. But uh, set that uh, aside. What does a prophet do? Creative abilities. He speaks God's timing and his rightness. He edifies. He exhorts. He comforts. In other words, he nurtures and he guides. That's what a prophet does. Some of you can walk into a situation and you realize that, boy, there needs to be a little more life here. Let me bring some life and some creativity and some something that is uh, maybe not so uh, cut and dry, but brings a little beauty into a situation, and and you begin to. To decorate it a little better and you speak into God's timing and rightness I thank God for my wife because she tells me when to start projects and when not to because if I know there's something that needs to be done I want to do it especially if it means I get to break something I love to tear down walls I really I I, I'm an apostle of wall tearing down we wanted to move one of our doorways uh, from the hallway over into this another, uh, another spot, and I was like so excited to do that. Yes, I know how to do that. I can do this. I can figure this out. And I was ready to start it. And it was, it was like a, 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 a Friday night, and she said, honey, Sunday's Christmas. <laughs> no. I didn't think of that. All I thought of was I get to knock something down. I can do this in two days. But she had the timing of the Lord on that and said, no, you're not going to. And I was submissive to her prophetic utterance. This isn't about ranking of authorities. This is about working together with the timing of God. And that's what prophets do. And the prophetic, it speaks to the timing of God. And some of you can react to that. Some of you know you have a sense of when it is right, when it is not, and what is truth, and when you call someone back to what should be right. That's the prophetic of Jesus. The evangelist motivates, persuades, and influences for the kingdom. How many of you are salesmen? How many of you can persuade and and really coax and really get your message across and draw people to what you're trying to say? You gather them in. You bring them in by your persuasion and your ability. That's what an evangelist does. An evangelist persuades people that this is what is true and this is what you need. It pricks their heart and they realize, yeah, I gotta get me some of that. <clears throat> the shepherd. The shepherd, we call it pastor. Pastor only occurs one time in the, in the New Testament and it's in Ephesians 4.11. And what we've done is we've made the pastor the professional Christian. It was never meant to be that. It's someone who shepherds, and so you shepherd. Do you have kids? Then you pastor. Do you have relatives or friends that you meet with? You can pastor, and so you nurture, you provide, you heal, you mentor, you love, you guard and protect people. That's a shepherding heart. And you don't have to have a church to do that. You don't have to have a church to be a prophet or an apostle. Remember, this fivefold is to represent Jesus. The reason you come here is so that you're equipped for that, so that you, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, will go out there with it. Does this make sense? To bring Jesus to the people. And so that's what the shepherd does. And then last of all, this is what the teacher does. Disciples, trains, instructs. And reveals truth. He grounds the flock in the word of God. Teaches them what is right from wrong. How many of you think our culture needs to learn what's right and wrong? Should we have more teachers focusing on trying to teach the world? We've got so many teachers, as Paul says, we've got tens of thousands of teachers in the church. But so very few fathers or apostles. You see, we can have all the teaching we have, but if we have no leadership, where are we going? So we need all of them, and this is the full stature of Jesus, and it brings maturity. And why? If you'll go down a little further, let me give you the why. A little further in Ephesians 4, 11 to 14, it says this. This is why you need the maturity and the balance. He says this in verse 14, so that we may no longer be children. In other words, grow up. So that we'll no longer be children. And what happens to children? They're tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. I mean, what's the illustration here? Throw a baby in the water that can swim. (laughs) And what happens when the water gets choppy and the waves come? You ever stand in the ocean with some big waves? boom, you get knocked down. Little kids, forget about it. (laughs) What about in the wind? Can you withstand the wind? He says, look at if the church would be fully mature, grow up and not be children, the waves that come against us are not going to knock us down, and the wind that comes to blow against the church is not going to be knocked down, because we're built on a rock as our foundation. And he said, that's why the fivefold needs to equip us to be the full stature and measure of the body of Christ. And that's, what a, that's why we're better together. And he goes on and he says, what are, what's these winds and waves that are going to come against us? He says this, doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So who brings deceitful schemes against us? Who's the schemer? Right? Right? The devil, that's spiritual. False doctrine is the devil, doctrines of demons. False doctrine is ruining the church. It's wrecking the church. Now, when I've been in China and there's been false, you know, people say, oh, the church in China is on fire, revival, they're powerful. They are. But there's one major issue in China that I saw in the times that I've been there and taught there. False doctrine creeps right in because they don't have the ability to be strong in the sense of apostolic authority, because they're underground, false doctrine leaks in. They'll take whatever they can get. And so they're being tossed, even though the Spirit of God is powerful in them, they're being tossed by false doctrine. And we've got to be careful of that. So cunning schemes and deceitfulness, human deceitfulness, people who are deceiving one another, He said, so the body of Christ needs to be strong. Do you think in these days the body of Christ needs to be stronger than ever? Thank you for agreeing with that. I would totally agree. Because people are leaving the church for stupid doctrine, crazy doctrine. And they're leaving because of schemes and they're leaving because of all sorts of foolishness. We need to be mature and that's why the fivefold is here. And that's why we are better together. As apostles, you govern. As prophets, you guide. As evangelists, you gather people. As shepherds, you guard. And as teachers, you ground people in what is true. We're better... Together, because together, we're not a pile of rocks. We are assembled as the government of God. We intercede instead of come for entertainment. We fulfill needs instead of walk around them. And we are in a warfare instead of a pep rally. That's the fivefold presence of Jesus. And that's why we are better together. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, praise God apostles I want you to stand those of you now you don't get all uh false humility here as well gee I'm not an apostle I don't know if you've got an inkling as leadership if you've got an inkling of setting foundations if you have an inkling of what needs to be designed and so forth stand up if you can call yourself an apostle stand up yeah yeah don't worry about it don't be shy identify the DNA in you that is of Jesus. Okay, good, very good. You come over here. Stand over here. Come on. Don't worry, come on. Oh no, we've got to move out of our chairs. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Come on, people. I am excited. Come on, look at this. Look at how many apostles here. Come on. Yeah. Man, I wonder if we got anything left. <laughs> I'm proud of this. This is leadership. This is leadership. This is foundational. Apostles. I want you to study what is apostolic. Learn what has been stirring in your DNA about Jesus. Learn that apostolic. Begin to comprehend what does it mean to be that. Are you over there too, Renee? You go, girl. <laughs> prophetics how many prophets here the creative unction of god right over here stand over here come on you gonna go with them too <laughs> now some of you are gonna say oh darn i'm that and that that's good that's good we'll work on that in a minute Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on, give a hand that we've got prophets in the house. It's important to understand that you may have the gift of prophecy, but not walk as a prophet, okay? So we have prophetic teams of those who are gifted in prophecy, but they may not be prophets in their character and nature, okay? All right. So we've got apostles, we've got prophets. How about evangelists? How many of you are gatherers? Evangelists. You're evangelists? Kathy, go in the back, right over there where Charlie is. (laughs) I didn't mean anything by it. Hey, I didn't tell you to go out the door. Just go by Charlie. (laughs) My evangelists, right back there. Go back there, evangelists. You gather people. That's what you love. You love persuading people about Jesus. You love to talk to them about Jesus. It's it's what what stirs in you. You reveal him to them. This is cool. Somebody write their names down. We're going to need you at our prayer tent this summer. (laughs) All right, this is awesome. This is awesome. Give a hand for the evangelists. They bring them in. Now, how many shepherds do we have here today? Shepherds, pastoral, you stand in the back right over there. Shepherds, pastoral, you care, you nurture people. We lost an apostle. (laughs) It's all right, we've got a good crew here. Wow, okay, pastors, shepherds. This is too cool. Now, I don't mind, I like the fact that some of you have left the one group to go to another because what that's saying is you're recognizing you have dual roles. You have, you can go wherever you want, but you you have a gift mix. Now, if I've got uh, pastors back here who are apostolic, put them on a retreat for a week, what's going to happen? the apostolic pastors are going to rise up and lead the pastors. Right? So, so that's cool. Wow, look at all the pastors we got. This is good. All right, now what's left are the teachers. Do we have any teachers here? People who love to teach. You stand right in the middle. Go right in the middle, teachers. man, this is too cool. Just too cool. This is every pastor's dream right now, what I'm looking at right now. Every pastor's dream. This isn't a pile of bricks, folks. You understand what I'm saying? This is an assembled group. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus looks like right here. We've got the apostolic who are standing here who are going to lead Right? They're going to foundation build. They're going to, they're going to search out new territory, new land. We've got the prophets who are going to keep things in line and in order with what the Word of God says and speak into it. We've got the evangelists who are going to gather the people in. And as they're being gathered in, the pastoral group is going to care and nurture for them and call upon the prophetic to speak life into them while they care for them and, and begin to help them. And the teachers are going to instruct them in discipleship on how to live a regular daily walk. And the apostles are going to say, okay, we've got this many. Now let's figure out how we're going to reach some more. Let's figure out what other things need to develop in this church so that we can go out and reach more. And the evangelists will go into that realm. And the prophets are going to say, but the timing's not right. Let's wait for this to happen and for that to happen to make it happen. And the pastors are going to say, but wait a minute, let's go a little slower because i got a group here that needs some nurturing. And the teachers say, well, let's teach them so that they can nurture and keep up pace with where the apostles say we need to go to next. Is this good stuff? This is what we're to be. What are you guys up in the balcony, anyway? (laughs) It's it's the angels. (laughs) Now, actually, I'm glad you said that, because those of you who didn't find your place in there, that's fine, because what's happening is is finding that DNA of Jesus in you to, to be equipped you haven't been equipped yet. In other words, the, the manifestation of some of the aspects of this needs to be further nurtured in you. You have it in you, you just haven't discovered it yet or not. And you might be intercessors. You might be prayer warriors. But you're still going to lean towards one of these gift mixed. Okay? Amen. You may be seated. Well, no, wait, stay right there, stay right there. Those of you who are still seated, will you stand and pray with me? Let's pray together, everybody. Heavenly Father, what we see here today is the manifestation of the sons of God. That we are representing and walking in the ministry of Jesus. What we recognize today is that we are together And what that means is a unified diversity of Jesus' DNA. With it, we minister to each other. We are not all one note. We're a symphony and a harmony of God's creation. Use this church, God, in these giftings so that we may win the lost and specifically the community you've called us to. We are going to change the heavenlies, We are going to change the atmosphere around us. We are going to change the culture from one of sin and death to one of righteousness and peace in Jesus Christ. If you're committed to that, say amen this morning. Amen Amen and amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for doing this exercise. I appreciate it. I know I keep stepping on something. What you're going to find this year in greater measure, we're going to be calling out. As a staff, we've been praying over this for years. We've been evaluating our fivefold. We've been putting together ministries that are going to call on the prophets, call on the pastors, call on the teachers. Call on the apostles. And as we do that, I want you to respond. I want you to grow in what you see Jesus doing. We, in fact, are planting a church in September. How many of you know that in that, we expect to see the fivefold there? Some of you are going to be called to that church. We expect to plant a church next year and the year after that. Some of you are going to be called into this. And you're going to bring the DNA of Jesus into it. Amen? And yet, still here, this church is going to need to continue to flourish and to grow. And it only will if we operate in the DNA or the five-fold ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. amen? amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the ministry of Jesus this morning. We are better together because we are the body of Christ. We bless your name and magnify you today. Jesus, use us as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.